Welcome to Homework, the podcast by and for people who work from home. This is episode 253, Monthly Wrap-Up, with your hosts, Harry Marks and me, Dave Cale. Hey, Harry. Hello, Dave. Harry, we are wrapping up the month. We had uh, Entrepreneurship Month all through November, and now we're going to wrap things up. Yep. And uh, how was your Thanksgiving? Very good. How about you? It was good. It was nice and quiet. It was just the three of us, no family. Uh, it was very pleasant. <laughs> and I'll leave it at that. Don't let, yes, don't let the family hear that, but boy, isn't it nice. Yeah. <laughs> Just the four of us here um, had dinner. We watched uh, the parade, um, the Macy's parade we watch every year. It was a, a little sad this year. At one point, I saw some woman on a float singing her heart out to an empty Manhattan street. <laughs> yeah, it, what was hilarious is they they do the announcement in the beginning of the show, like they do the the cold opening with Jimmy Fallon and then they they roll the credits and like and you know featuring so and so and you know and it's like I don't know what who half these people are, all these pop yeah. stars like and my wife and I turned to each other and we're like we're so old. <laughs> Yeah, I never know who any of the singers are. Um, <laughs> I really only watch it for the Broadway stuff. Like the, I usually watch the first twenty minutes for the Broadway, and then I, I sort of pop in and out as I'm helping with the meal and everything. But that, like even the Broadway stuff, it was you know whatever shows were still kicking around. Um, they did Hamilton. They did Ain't Too Proud. Um, yeah. They did. I honestly can't remember what was really funny to me because I had never heard them say this, but there was a a Pulitzer Prize winning playwright that they announced in the opening credits. And it's one thing to like talk to the person on the street or you know Al Roker meet them in the mm-hmm. bleachers or something, but for them to actually call out and Pulitzer wa- Prize winning playlist uh, playwright so and so and so, and it was like I've never heard them say that on the thing- Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. That's so funny. <laughs> I just have to say how much I love Al Roker. The guy is such a pro at what he does it looks so easy and so effortless um i always enjoy watching someone who is extremely good at what they do yeah and i think al's just very good at being on tv and being quick and interviewing people he can talk to anyone yeah hitting his mark talking to anyone yeah he's he's very good i, I think al Brooker's a cool dude al, yeah uh, let's have a beer sometime I, uh, yeah, I was sort of sad it was a shortened group, but I, you know, I can understand why with literally nothing, you know, nothing else going on. And I felt like it right. could have been probably an hour shorter than it was, um, just yeah. because they had so, fewer acts and no crowds and, um, there was a lot less to do, but uh, it was, it was interesting. It was a fascinating change for the times. Yeah. I was, a couple of things I noticed when I, those beats that they would typically cut away to the crowd, they were showing um, like the, the cityscape. Yeah. Um, suddenly it's, here's Manhattan. <laughs> and um, when a singer that I don't know would finish, they'd always hold on their face as the applause rises. Well, there's no applause. It was like a hard cut right back to, you know, Al or someone else. So yeah, it was a little weird, but... It's the same. They pulled it, it off. It looked good. It was the same thing when the Santa came rolling down the street, and usually you see like they they cut to the kids looking up and smiling and crying and all right. That. And there was none of that, and it it sort of lost a little of the magic for me. I don't know. It was yeah. I missed the cheering and all that. It's a weird, weird time. Yep. Just like the end of but, the month. Uh, <laughs> just like the end of the month. Um, 
So before we get into our recap, let's talk about Tools of the Week. Harry, you were telling me about your tool before we started recording. Yeah, so last week we talked to Joey Cafone of Baron Fig, and he was kind enough to mm -hmm. send us some wonderful products to, to look at and, and, and put on our desk and enjoy and use. And so he sent over, uh, it was a Guardian... Uh, notebook cover, a set of his to-do cards, uh, the Baron Fig to-do cards, and then a mosaic mm -hmm. desk organizer in this really pretty green. And if you if you had an iPhone 11 Pro in the the midnight green color, it's it's reminiscent of that. It's not as dark, but it's sort of that not olive, but like almost like a, mm -hmm. a, a lighter version of a British racing green. It's really pretty. Um, and it's mm -hmm. it's a hunk. It's a solid hunk of plastic. It's kind of heavy. Um, but it doesn't go anywhere. It's got little rubber feet on it, um, and it sits on your desk, and it holds – it can hold your cell phone upright. It can hold your to-do cards. It holds – let me see here. Can you stick a pen in there? You can stick three Squire pens, and I have three Squire pens. Um, you can – yeah, it holds up your – it has a spot big enough to hold up your notebook if you want. So, yeah, it's really cool. So I'm uh, I'm highly recommending the Baron Fig Mosaic Desk Organizer. It is a, a nice and tidy – you know, way to keep all your stuff in order. Very, very nice. So go and check that out over at Baron Fig and uh, maybe put it on your, your holiday wish list. Indeed. I'm going to talk a little bit about uh, Clean My Mac X or Clean My Mac 10. I'm not sure. I think I've mentioned this app before. Uh, it's very, very good. I love it very, very much. It is made by the good folks over at MacPaw. I want to focus specifically on the uninstaller feature. So when you get um, an application uh, on your Mac that you no longer want, um, the easiest way, in my opinion, to uninstall it is to fire up Clean My Mac and hit the uninstaller button on the left-hand side. It will generate a list of everything you've got installed um, and sort them out by vendor so I can see who what I've got from Apple, from Microsoft, from Adobe, and so on. It'll show the store that I got them from. I can sort my applications by ones I've gotten from Apple's App Store, something I've gotten from Steam, and so on, which can help you really find stuff very, very quickly. It's pretty cool. And then to uninstall it, you simply click the little button next to the application that is on your hit list and hit uninstall, and it goes and grabs every related file um, along with that application and sends it away. It doesn't put it in the trash can. It just deletes it once and for all right then and there. So yes, there is a little warning that says this is going to delete everything. Are you sure? And so hit yes. But I love that fact because I want to make sure I've got everything, every preference file, every little data cache that's hidden away, uh, gone for good. Um, you can retrieve a whole lot of space by doing that, going through and looking for the apps that you don't use anymore. If you're like me, you'll download something to try it, play with it for two weeks, and then forget you even had it. Mm -hmm. um, so grab yourself uh, Clean My Mac X, X or 10 and play with the uninstaller from our good friends over at MacPaw. It is super, super useful. Yeah, I love that feature. I used to use this little utility. I don't even know if it's still updated anymore, but it was called App Zapper. Uh, and it did. Oh yeah, I remember that. Yeah, it was great. No, it was great because you it it didn't load a full list of your your apps that were installed. But when you dragged an application to the trash, it would hunt your hard drive for all the little library files and cache files and mm -hmm. all the stuff connected to it, um, and drag it into the trash uh, for you automatically. And I believe um, Clean My Mac X does the same thing. If you drag an app into the trash, it'll trigger Clean My Mac and and ask if you want to hunt down all the little library files that go along with it, which is really nice. Yeah, it'll say, "Hey, here's an easier way to do it," and a little wind, like the little unobtrusive uh, dialogue pops up. Yeah, 
And I always do it. I remember AppZapper, wasn't their logo like a little space ray gun? Yep. Yep. And it, and it made a sound, too. When you dragged it into the trash and it found the stuff, it would go, Yep. <laughs> I always love that. A uh, couple of great applications. I don't know if AppZapper is around anymore. Uh, if it is, let us know. Yeah, I don't know if after, out, back. If after um, Apple updated to the, uh, the 64-bit uh, architecture, I don't know if they upgraded with it. Uh, if they did, great. And I'll... I'll do a little research before the shows go, the show goes out and put it in the show notes. But um, yeah, I miss App Zapper. But Clean My Mac is also on Set App. So if you're a subscriber to Set App, it's it's on there too. Great, 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 great. I know you love the Set App. I do. Yeah. So we talked to three people into entrepreneurial space during uh, Entrepreneurs Week, starting with uh, Nicole over at Nola Mabel Skincare. It was great fun to talk to a entrepreneur who is just really getting things off the ground. She's maybe one or year or two years into things and having to deal with all the COVID nonsense like we all are. But of course, um, Nicole was able to pivot a couple times to keep her business viable while all of this wackiness <laughs> is going on. Yeah. Uh, and then we spoke to Amanda Kaiser. Um, yep. At e for all Amanda is a director at e for all Cape Cod. Yep. And I still have to send my application in for my my bookmobile, uh, but <laughs> that, do. that was that was a lot of fun. It was really interesting to hear about you know how these businesses get off the ground and what they do to help facilitate them. Um, and it's it's it seems like a really great idea if you're someone who's you know sort of wondering how to go about getting started with a new business. You know, talking to an expert and a or a team of experts who who can help you get that off the ground. Yeah, that was my big takeaway from our discussion with Amanda is how useful it can be to say your idea out loud to a person who is not a relative or a friend, right. to someone who is has no skin in the game, be it business-wise or friendship or relationship-wise with you, um, to just simply say, hey, here's something I'm thinking about doing. Even hearing yourself say it out loud in that context can be uh, immensely helpful. So that's something... Harry and I, if I may speak for you, Harry, uh, recommend you do. Definitely. Uh, and then we finally talked to Joey Caffone from Baron Fig, mm-hmm. who, you know, he started Baron Fig in a Kickstarter campaign uh, with one yeah. notebook, and now he has grown it into a full company uh, with a whole array of products, um, pens, pencils, notebooks, desk organizers, note cards, bags, um, backpacks, all sorts of products. They even make masks now. Uh, and and they're doing yeah. great work. They're they're helping their community. They're a real success story of uh, what you know one how one small idea can snowball into a full blown company that you know is in multiple countries and and does all these sorts of things. So uh, that was it was a really interesting to talk to Joey and I, I I've done work with Joey in the past. Um, I wrote a short story for one of his um, his Squire pen releases mm-hmm. uh, and we have a, a bit of a history and you know we used to grab coffee all the time when I was commuting into the city and I I had heard him talk on other podcasts about the origins of Baron Fig but to hear how he has pivoted and and shifted the way they do business, how he has streamlined the business in certain respects and and shrunk the the production times of getting the products from concept to full model out the door. Uh, it was really interesting because even just a year ago or two years ago, the timelines were a lot longer and it seems like they've done yeah. a lot of really fantastic work to to be more efficient and, and productive. Something that was really interesting to me, you mentioned the fact that they made, or I think are still making masks. Yeah. Um, 
available is there is a point where Joey looked and said, well, we have the means of production and here is something that the world could greatly benefit now. What would the cost of switching this up to produce masks be? And it apparently was viable and they went out and did it. I thought that was a, a pretty clever reaction to uh, <laughs> an extreme situation. Yeah. And they're, they're using fabrics that they already use for their bags and everything. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't like they had to change everything up. And I wouldn't be surprised if they were using, you know, the leftover pieces of the bags they make to help make the masks. Mm-hmm. So instead of throwing them away or, or getting rid of them entirely, or, you know, they end up in a landfill, they're recycling. I, I, I don't know if that's what they're doing, but it, it wouldn't surprise me if they were. And if they are, that's even better because they're, they're shrinking their, their waste output. Yeah. And now generating income off of something that was just waste they'll probably cost them to get rid of yeah exactly my greatest example my favorite example of that is the bloopers shows that were so popular on tv in the 80s oh yeah because you think about if you're filming a television show or a movie you know that film costs money the time that everyone is getting paid on set costs money and so if someone was making mistakes you were that was cost that was a a loss right you you wasted the film, you wasted everyone's time. And some genius person, some like NASA level genius said, hey, let's pick these up off the cutting room floor and put them on TV and let everyone have a good laugh at their favorite celebrities. And now they're earning money off of the scraps. Yep. That's genius. <clears throat> well yeah. done, whoever came up with that. And they're, they're still, I mean, now it's DVD or Blu-ray commentary tracks or, or um, Blu-ray blooper reels. You know, you, you can watch mm-hmm. any of the Avengers movies and see Captain America suddenly crack a smile, you know, when, when um, Robert Downey Jr. says something. And, uh, you know, they're, they're still <laughs> doing that, which is great. But now, you know, in the old days, because they were recording on film, it was wasting film, you know, for them to do that. <clears throat> and I remember yeah. hearing stories, even on SNL, when people would break character in the middle of a sketch. Lauren Michaels, the the producer and the executive producer and, and creator, he would be like fuming because people would do that. But yes. it turns out people love seeing that. They love seeing the humanity in, in their celebrities who like even they can't get through a scene. Um, so, yeah, I always love those. I always remember there was one skit where Eddie Murphy messed up, but he was trying to keep it straight as best he could. But the audience was laughing and he was saying his next line and then suddenly he stopped and said, so I messed up. Shut up. Yeah. I, I think <laughs> that was only made the... people laugh louder. And yeah. It was very, very funny. I think that was a Mr. Robinson's Neighborhood. And I, when Steph- yes, that's what it was. When Stefan does it on Weekend Update, when Bill Hader does his Stefan impression. And uh, always, because what happens is um, I was watching an interview with John Mulaney and he was saying how what they would rehearse and what he would put on the cards for the night of the show were two different scripts. So a lot oh. of times Hader would be reading something cold he had never read before that was even funnier than what they had done in rehearsal so he wasn't prepared for it and he just lost it and that i love that suddenly see it come up yeah exactly (laughs) then pixar got all meta and they would actually animate bloopers yeah that's so weird like on monsters inc and a couple others very brilliant yeah anyway welcome to film talk (laughs) that's our new podcast so a couple takeaways i had from uh this month was just flexibility. I mean, if you, I mean, someone once said to me, if, if you can't be flexible, you shouldn't be a business to begin with. Um, you know, like my son said, I'm so sick of unprecedented times. Yeah. I want to return to precedented times. Uh, seriously. Yet here we are. And when everything comes down, um, you know, 
my dad used to say, you have one day to be miserable, and then tomorrow you better pick yourself up and start working. Um, so that's sort of where we are. You want to save your dream or whatever you're working on, your side gig, your full-time job. What can you do? The answer might be more difficult to you uh, than others, but um, it's that flexibility that we've really got to embrace. Yeah, definitely. Uh, one thing I have also embraced is our one of our sponsors, uh, HelloFresh. Ooh, I'm getting hungry already, Harry. Yeah, and let me tell you, I am a I am a huge fan, and we'll get into that in a second. So what is HelloFresh? You get fresh, pre-measured ingredients and mouth-watering seasonal recipes delivered right to your door with HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. HelloFresh lets you skip those trips to the grocery store and makes home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. Hmm. I've been... I've been using HelloFresh, so we we you know as as part of what's been going on with the show, we got a sample and and we got to try out HelloFresh. And my wife and I looked at each other and you said and we said you know we're spending more on groceries and wasting food by the end of the week, you know, doing our own grocery shopping. Let's try this for a change and see what happens mm-hmm. because we loved what we ate, and so we've been subscribers now for the last several weeks. We we went full in, you know, we've been getting the boxes every week. Uh, we, I, she took my phone the other day and just started picking meals and I don't even get a say in it anymore. <laughs> she just took it. She's like, well, here's what we're having on Monday. Here's what we're having on Tuesday. And you, you know, resigned it, yourself to it. I, I have. And it's been great because we, I don't have to think about it. I don't have to think, you know, did I get the right ingredients? Or are they still mm-hmm. fresh by the time Thursday rolls around? You know, HelloFresh takes care of everything. Yep. Absolutely so fantastic. Good. Yeah. I, I'm a really big fan. HelloFresh offers convenient, no contact delivery to your doorstep for easy home cooking with the family. The recipes are easy to follow with simple steps and pictures to guide you along the way. HelloFresh cuts out stressful meal planning and grocery store trips so you can enjoy cooking and get dinner on the table in about 30 minutes. You can save 40% when you use HelloFresh versus shopping at the grocery store. And feeding the whole family has never been easier with lower prices for larger box sizes. So more servings means more savings. HelloFresh delivers fresh, high-quality, pre-portioned ingredients so you can make meals that are delicious and nutritious. Over 90% of the ingredients are sourced directly from growers to ensure peak flavor and ripeness. HelloFresh offers more than 20 chef-crafted delicious options every week to help you break out of your recipe rut. You can try new things and you can make any night feel special. And there's something for everyone, including 20-minute meals, low-calorie meals, vegetarian meals, kid-approved recipes, and more. And my kid is an incredibly picky eater and he loves (laughs) every single thing we have made so far so they're ah nice they they have the 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 kid seal of approval um nice HelloFresh helps you eat more sustainably. It's the first global carbon-neutral meal kit company. By skipping the grocery store and using HelloFresh, you're reducing your food waste by at least 25%. And HelloFresh delivers pre-portioned ingredients so you're not overbuying, which is a burden on the planet and your wallet. Mm -hmm. The packaging HelloFresh uses to ship your food is almost entirely made from recyclable and or already recycled content. Since they also... Yep. Since they offset their operations, travel, and shipping emissions, HelloFresh's carbon footprint is 25% lower than store-bought grocery-made meals. That's from the University of Michigan, so you know it's true. HelloFresh's streamlined supply chain means produce gets to you faster and fresher than the grocery store. And they're flexible for your lifestyle. You can easily change your delivery days or meal plan preferences. You can skip a week whenever you need to right on the app so you can keep your fridge stocked by adding extra meals or additional proteins uh, quick meals breakfast on the go or their 10 minute lunches and even desserts to satisfy that sweet tooth 
And HelloFresh is committed to giving back. HelloFresh is committed to donating to those in need. So far in 2020, they have donated 3.5 million meals. You can help too with HelloFresh's Beyond the Box program, where you give nutritious meals to those experiencing food insecurity with just a couple clicks in the app. Yeah. So yeah, I we're we're doing burgers tonight with Old Bay seasoned fries, which I'm very excited about. We did fajitas last week mm. since we're recording on Sunday. We did fajitas last week with peppers and onions, and we did steaks, and they came out perfect too. We did absolutely delicious steaks the other day. So nice. yeah, hello the the meat they send is fantastic quality. The cooking instructions are brilliant. Everything has colored photos with it. You know, you can see what everything's supposed to look like. The descriptions on how to prepare everything is are, are great. And they have you, what, what I really love about it is they, it's very efficient. So like they said, uh, 30 minutes uh, of, of cooking time and prep time, that's really all it takes. You know, as you're, once you cut the vegetables and you get one thing on the stove, you're working on something else. And so you're always doing something to get the meal done and you're not left going back and forth and back and forth to the recipe. Um, so it's just really efficient. So you can go to hellofresh.com slash homework 90 and use code homework 90 to get a total of $90 off, including free shipping. That's hellofresh.com slash homework 90 and enter the code homework 90 for $90 off and free shipping. Thank you to HelloFresh for sponsoring homework. Great. Awesome. So here, as we look, the wave goodbye to November. And oh, oh, it's December as as you're listening to this. I, that just hit me. People. Well, let let me ask you how yeah how have you done with your habits? With you know, have you we're we're coming up on the end of the year, and we'll probably do a, a an end of the year roundup as well, and and see how we fared. But you know, this month was was there anything that you stopped doing that you were doing before? Was there anything you started doing that you hadn't been doing before? Hmm, that's a good question. A couple of things have changed. Uh, my job has changed in my day job. Um, so I was able to do select all and delete my email. The which best. Was, oh, my gosh. That is the best feeling. Very nice. <laughs> it's like scratching an itch, but nicer. Um, so I my new day job is less responsibility, um, which is nice. So I'm not responsible for a number of people, just responsible for me, which is kind of how I like it. So I'm not going super nuts with... Um, tracking tasks and stuff because there's less mm-hmm. to track um i'm still carrying my notebook around that will never ever go away um in my pocket with my pen i don't think i don't think i'll ever not do that and this is a habit i've had for years now it's probably 10 years i've been carrying a small notebook in a pen when i first graduated from college and got my first job out of school which was 94 um my first boss always had like a little tiny those spiral bound notebooks you might get at the drugstore mm-hmm. uh, and a pen in his pocket. He was constantly writing things down. And I remember back there and thinking, well, that's a silly habit. <laughs> and now here I am. I wish I could find him and say, you don't know this, but I always judged you. Today, I apologize because I do the same thing and it's just a genius thing to do. Um, that's one habit I know I'll take into 2021 and we'll, we'll never give up. It's just the most useful thing. That's great. Um, yeah, I... I fell out of well, so one thing I started this month that I ended up I'm still doing it, but I'm not gonna I'm not gonna win, which is NaNoWriMo. Uh, I'm about twenty yeah. I'm twenty eight thousand words into the book. It's already November 29th. I've got a day left in the month, so no, that's just not happening. 
But, you know, I, I actually gave it a much better shot this year than I had other years, and I'm 28,000 words into a book. So that's yeah. a, let me tell you, I've been I've been writing for, for Aaron's podcast all year, which has been great, but I hadn't been writing any fiction for myself this entire time, especially since February when, mm-hmm. you know, I got laid off and then uh, COVID hit and the lockdowns hit and I just, I fell into a funk and a depression and I just, I couldn't... Um, I couldn't focus on anything and I was, you know, try- taking care of my son and became his his sort of teacher on the side as well and and keeping him in line and then I've got a new job and it's just there's been a lot of stuff going on and I hadn't really had the the energy or the focus to dive into a new book and NaNoWriMo gave me the push I needed for a book that I have been rolling around in my head for at least two mm-hmm. years. So it's been really nice to, to put it down on the page. However, uh, not being able to focus on writing has also meant not being able to focus on reading. And one thing I am trying to do is get back into reading every day. And mm. I'm reading currently Look Homeward Angel by Thomas Wolfe. And because I'm noticing with my writing, it's a lot of people say, you know, if you haven't written in a while, it's like riding a bike. It's really not. It's like playing an instrument. If you don't practice every day or every other day or, you know, regularly, and that goes for both reading and writing, if you're not educating yourself often enough, you're losing those talents. Innate talent only goes so far. And what I have noticed is that I have been losing my talent to write fiction. And so I mm. want to go back into. I want to go back and read. I want to. I want to re up my my education. Um, nice. One thing I've also fallen out of, and I'm I'm mad at myself because it was going okay for a while, was the the August Bradley Notion stuff. I've stopped using Notion every day, um, mm. and tracking my tasks in it, and tracking my daily logs and stuff. Um, I want to get back into it. It's just, I could not build that habit for the life of me. I tried mm. to get up early to do it in the morning. I tried to do the the weekly and monthly reviews, and it was just there were so many moving pieces, and I my distraction levels are high. The stuff going on in the house was distracting, and I just I could not get back to every time I would restart a week and say, all right, this is the week we're we're gonna do it the right way, and I'd get to Thursday and I would just completely forget. And mm-hmm. I didn't know what to write half the time, and a lot of my stuff was repeating itself. And you know, what are you thankful for? And what are you grateful for? And what did you do today? And it's like it's the same stuff every day because nothing's changing. Uh, so yeah. I, I sort of fell out of that. I want to get back into it, and I'm, what I'm thinking of doing is probably taking what August Bradley did. Um, I'll finish his tutorial series because I didn't get to the end, and then I'll go back and I will rework it for what works for me, and take out a lot of stuff and and pair it back to something that's more manageable for my for the way I work um, and one other thing that has pro- will probably help me is this new laptop I have is so much faster than my old MacBook Air Notion is not a native Mac app it's it's an Electron app so it's built it's mm. basically a web app that runs in a, in a, a Mac shell mm-hmm. um, so it doesn't function like a native app it's slow in a lot of places it's it's laggy in a lot of places and it just wasn't fun to use so i'm hoping with this faster machine that i'll be able to to use it a little more efficiently and easily and it'll make me want to use it again yeah oh uh three things i think there's a difference between establishing a habit and acknowledging what's not working hmm. i've also tried to do get up at 5 and eat the frog and it does not work. It doesn't work. I am not getting out of bed at Same. 5 o'clock to sit down and work. 
And for a while I felt really guilty about that because so many people do it successfully, but it doesn't work for me. So I know it takes, what what is it? X number of weeks to establish a habit. I've heard 12, that's usually what I cling to. So are you in the midst of establishing a habit or are you trying to force something that's not working? I think that's always worth uh, exploration, what's happening. What you also mentioned there sounds like journaling. I've tried 10,000 times to get into journaling using day one, using a beautiful notebook, and it just doesn't happen because I sit down and say, okay, this is it. I'm going to start, and I'll write a single sentence, and it's usually about what happened at work, and then I think I've got nothing to say, and I'll attach a photo because I feel obligated to, and that will happen for two or three days, and then I'll just stop. And then I'll not do it for months. And then I'll feel guilty. Oh, blah, blah, blah. and I'll try it again. And the same thing happens. It's excruciating to bang out one or two sentences. Maybe I'm just so uninterested in the t- activities of my own life that I'm bored and I'm the one yeah. writing it. I mean, it, so especially that has now. not worked for me. Yeah, especially now. And I, going back to what you said about not being able to wake up, I would set my alarm for five o'clock a.m. or six o'clock a.m. to to get up and and to write and to make my coffee before everyone else got up. And what I realized was. Without my commute forcing me out of bed at that hour to to stay up, shower, get on the train in time so that I could get into the city at a reasonable hour and, and walk to work, I don't because I don't need to do that, I don't feel the need to get up so early. I have nowhere to be mm-hmm. except my dining room table every day. So the incentive for me to get up and make my train on time is gone. And so now I, I sleep until 7 o'clock when my wife has to get up and my son has to get up to have breakfast. And then he you know he gets ready for school. And then I've lost all of that morning time that used to be so valuable to me and that, that I would use every day. I wrote a novel from between uh, 6.30 and 8.30 a.m. every day uh, for a, like six months. I would sit in a Barnes and Noble that was open early in the city, and I would sit at the in the cafe and write, literally hand write every day. Um, and I miss that, and I don't have that anymore because I have nowhere to be that early. Um, mm. And unfortunately, putting the alarm in and you know making yourself, you know, setting that time for yourself isn't going to do anything if you keep snoozing the alarm or just turning it off entirely and rolling over and going back to bed. So you know, I would love to build the habit that I get out of bed and I. I wake up and I, I make myself coffee and I clean up a little bit and I, I get ready for the day like you know a, a good productive person should. And that's just not happening. And I feel like that's something not a lot of people talk about when they talk about mm-hmm. productivity, um, especially if you're, you're one of those people who watches those YouTube productivity videos by like Thomas Frank and Ali Abdal, uh, where they go- talk about their day, their morning routines every day. And they, you know, they have a bulletproof coffee where they put like a stick of butter in it, which is gross, but they, they, <laughs> they have their shower at five 30 and they sit down and they read the newspaper on their tablet and they drink their coffee and they get ready for it. And it's like, yeah. first of who all, who has time for that? Who has time for that? I don't buy it for a second. Uh, I'm sure you do that for like a week just to say you did it for the video and then it goes back to like I'll get up at 8 o'clock and do what I need to do. But I I don't think people talk enough about how this year especially has has caused a lot of trauma for a lot of people. Even – I'm not talking you know as heavy as like PTSD after going to war kind of thing. But there is a level of trauma involved with Mm -hmm. having your entire routine upended and being forced to stay home and wear a mask and – you know, take care of the the family in a different way and make sure that you 
are washing your hands regularly or spraying yourself with alcohol and don't talk to anyone within six feet of you and all this stuff that just piles on and piles on and it, yeah. it cripples you creatively it cripples you mentally to just do the, the stuff you need to do and and by the end of the day you're just like forget it i don't want to do anything i want to sit on the, t- the the couch and watch tv until i i die um so <laughs> i am utterly inert yeah it, it, pretty much i there's really nothing else there, there there's it's so hard to get your head out of that mindset um especially now i'm hoping with the with this new year with this inauguration coming up you know a vaccine on its way we'll be able to crawl out of this sooner than later mm-hmm. but it's going to be a long time and I, the lasting effects of it i think are going to be felt for much longer uh than the the physical effects oh yeah for sure for sure. Uh, hey, if we're talking books real quick, <laughs> I'm currently reading The Shadowland by Elizabeth Kostova. Did She um, wrote The Historian, didn't she? Yeah, she wrote The Historian. She wrote The Swan Thieves, which is in mm-hmm. between the two. So The Historian was her debut novel, which I loved. Um, the Swan Thieves was her second, and Shadowland came out in 2017. I'm a little behind, and I'm just getting to it. I have um, the historian. I got like ten pages into it, and I I put it down, and I never went back to it. And it wasn't because it was bad. It was just I I fell out of it, and I I never went back. But I want to go back and read that. It's sitting on my shelf right it's now. It's super fun, and yeah. it's the perfect time of year. You know, days are short. It's getting cold. Yeah, it's, it's a, a vampire creepy book. vibe. Still lingers. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's really a fun book. Um, so I find it very relaxing. You know what else I find relaxing, Harry? Oh, using Headspace. Absolutely. So life can be stressful, as we were just mentioning, even under normal circumstances. And you need stress relief that goes beyond quick fixes, and that is Headspace. Headspace is your daily dose of mindfulness in the form of guided meditations in an easy-to-use app. Headspace is the one of the only meditation apps advancing the field of mindfulness and meditation through clinically validated research. So whatever the situation, Headspace really can help you feel better. Overwhelmed? Headspace has a three-minute SOS meditation for you. I have used that. It's fantastic. Need some help falling asleep? Headspace has wind-down sessions their members swear by. And for parents, Headspace even has morning meditations you can do with the kids. I talked about this last time, Harry. I use their soundscapes to go to sleep at night. There's some that are just sounds like ocean or fire crackling. They also have sleep stories where a person's like reading a story to you or like talking to you and it's like really quiet little voice and there's little background noises mm-hmm. and i haven't heard the end of any of those stories because i never make it when your mind is racing i can put that on and just go right to sleep headspace's approach to mindfulness can reduce stress improve sleep boost focus and increase your overall sense of well-being now headspace is backed by 25 published studies on its benefits six hundred thousand five-star reviews and over 60 million downloads it makes it easy for you to build a life-changing meditation practice with mindfulness that works for you on your schedule, anytime, anywhere. You deserve to feel happier, and Headspace Meditation makes that simple. Go to headspace.com homework to get started today. Huge thanks to Headspace for their continued support of homework. Thank you, Headspace. Thank you, Headspace. Well, Harry, another episode in just about another year has come to an end. Yeah. My fingers are crossed for 2021. I've never crossed my fingers so tightly before. If there was a piece of coal between my fingers, it would be a diamond by now. I I want to say that we can't go any lower than we are now, but oh, the world see. has a mm-hmm. way of surprising you. <laughs> That's like 
I always say never ask the question how hard it can it be because the universe will show you exactly how hard it can be. Sitcom rules. <laughs> yes, that is like a temptation to the fates. In the meantime, uh, we've enjoyed talking to the entrepreneurs this week. And of course, we enjoyed talking to you this week. If you want to this week, this month, I don't know what's going on. Harry, if someone wants to talk to us outside of the show, how can they do it? They can go to our Discord. Yes. So the link will be in the show notes with an invitation link to, to join our Discord. And you can we can talk about the tools of the week. We can give show ideas. You can give feedback on the show. Please be nice. Uh, and, you know, you can, you can chat with other like-minded homework listeners. Mm-hmm. If you want to find me, you can go over to the link tree uh, slash Dave Kilo, and you can find Harry there as well. Yep, linktr.ee slash hcmarks. And Dave, you are slash Dave Kalo. Yes. Harry, you've got a book out. I have a book out. I've been plugging it like crazy because it's the end of the year and I'd like to get a little more money for uh, Christmas gifts and whatnot. So uh, mm-hmm. if you'd like, yes, please go to um, my link tree. There's a link to buy the book right there. Uh, it is also it's available on Gumroad. It is available on Kobo, Apple Books, and Nook. And Gumroad is where you would get the, the Kindle link. I, I am mm-hmm. not on Amazon because F them. Oh, take that, Jeff Bezos. That's right. If you love role-playing games, especially Dungeons & Dragons like I do, well, don't worry. Uh, MyTabletopHero.net is your library for original adventures, encounters, monsters, and items. Stuff that you can throw into your campaign or adventure easily and have a really good time. So go over to TabletopHero.net for all of your D&D 5e needs. I'm very excited because I'm playing my first game this week. Heck yeah! Well, tomorrow... Wait, I'm tomorrow sorry. is Ten Tuesday. Candles, right? Tuesday. We're playing a game called Ten Candles, which is an indie RPG that I bought at the Boston Festival of Indie Games a few years ago. It is a horror one-shot, meaning we'll be done in two to three hours. And boy, is it good for a cold winter's night. It's one of my favorite games. And after that, we are going to start uh, playing Dungeons & Dragons in my homebrew campaign setting of Ardor, which I've been writing for about a year now. Cool. I'm very excited to have you come explore Ardor here. I'm very excited to, to join you. I've never played before. I am excited and terrified. <laughs> Ooh, that is the way to go. Everyone, uh, please be excited and terrified and have a good week. We'll talk to you next time. And until then, go get some work done. Bye. Bye.